Hello to my dear family and approved friends. After three years of interning at the video store on Santa Monica Boulevard, I finally landed a job as the junior assistant to the 14th sexiest man alive and everyone's favorite morning show host, Bradley Cameron Lynn. The fearsome morning hour has been my favorite show since I was 10 and they canceled that knife infomercial. Forever Sharp? Forever Blade? Sharp Forever? I really lucked out after two years of writing the unofficial Bradley blog and mailing him my fanfictions. I learned that Bradley got permission to hire a second assistant, among other things. My duties include furniture assembly, Halloween costume selection, and urinal lookout. As the youngest of seven children, I'm a top quality lookout. I miss you all so much, so I started this podcast to update you on my new life in sunny LA. Grandma, have you heard of a podcast before? It's like a radio. But you don't have to yell at Uncle Jack if he talks over it. You can just rewind it. And nothing will have to get thrown that day. Today's news. This morning, Bradley discovered something life-changing. He'd read in Men's Health magazine that pooping indoors, let me clarify, in your bathroom, feeds cancer. It's something about the chemicals in the bowl cleaner and the abrasiveness of the porcelain and toilet paper. He found this out in a magazine he was reading. Guess what? On the toilet. Talk about serendipitous. Anyway, these chemicals bring about some of the worst and manliest types of cancer. Bradley said that social conformity, TV commercials, and the toilet industrial complex are preventing us from having the healthy bowel movements of our hunter-gatherer ancestors. And of course it makes sense, because what kind of sicko would invent the septic tank? You know, this isn't the first time he's had epiphanies like this. As you may have read on his personal blog, which he implied that I could update freely, he's been on an all-kale and olive diet because he wants to eat like a Spartan soldier. Bradley is a doer, and he immediately took steps toward defecating outside. Whoa, that's a medical term, not a curse word. In his own words, cancer or diabetes could be just around the corner, and he'd like to avoid those things as much as possible. I was getting ready to walk the dogs, so Bradley's senior assistant, Dakota West, helped assemble the makeshift outhouse. She's here to give a first-person account. Oh, and don't be fooled by her fancy-sounding name. It's fake. And I think her nose might be, too. Ah, uh, not in a bad way. Her real name is Rachel Bernstein, and she's from Weehawken. Weehawken! Uh, sorry, Weehawken just sounds like something you shout when you're excited. And I'm excited, Dakota? Right, so... Um, hello, Joe's family and friends. I hope you know we've signed confidentiality agreements, so please try not to distribute this to the press. I guess we could forgive you if there were some sort of blackmail situation, but still. So, Bradley wanted to hire the most talented outhouse designer in L.A., preferably the one who worked on the Beverly Hillbillies if he was still alive. I said that it probably wasn't a functioning outhouse. Thankfully, he dropped the designer outhouse thing for the moment because he wanted to make the transition right away. He had already had his coffee, so he upgraded the toilet status to level green, which is actually worse than level red in the system he developed. Luckily, we weren't at level rainbow yet, so I had some time. I drove to Target and got a bunch of metal poles and opaque shower curtains. I wanted to keep it pretty, given what would be going on inside. So I got pink ruffles, whales, scotty dogs, and polka dots in kind of circus colors. He also apparently read that you have to wipe with vegetation, and he wanted the kind with no pigment in it because dyes are bad for you. 
I bought an assortment of lilies and baby's breath at Home Depot. He walked around the backyard for a few minutes and decided that the best place for the outhouse was the center where his pool used to be before he had a nightmare that it was filled with invisible bats and had it taken down. He sat and some crew members built a structure around him. Thank you, Dakota! I was shuffling through my mail this morning and we already have our first sponsor. Um, not that that was something that I was anticipating. Can you imagine that? Cousin Carmine from Coney Island sent me $5 and a note asking me to remind everyone that his car dealership has great service and low prices. At Cousin Carmine's, everyone's family restrictions apply. Head down to Cousin Carmine's because if you're family, he won't sell you a lemon. He'll throw in some fuzzy dice while supplies last. Dice distribution is a first-come, first-served basis. Color of dice not guaranteed, not compatible with other offers, including the free steering wheel cover and the free single format offer. Not valid in Toyota models, SUVs, or blue sticker specials. No cash or rebate value. Non-tax deductible. Dice may be substituted for a Big Mac voucher on Sundays after 11 a.m. Cousin Carmine claims no affiliation with McDonald's, except her son works there. Not responsible for quality or content of burgers. Like many of you listening, I bought my first car at Cousin Carmine's. I didn't get a sweet fuzzy dice back then. <sighs> Regrets. It was a 1993 Green Buick LaSalle. Dad and I went to pick it together the day of my 17th birthday. I spent all $1,500 I'd made working at the deli counter that summer. Three weeks later, in a totally unforeseen incident, the brakes and steering went out and I careened down the Belt Parkway. The car was completely out of control. So much metal, though. They don't make them like they used to. I only needed 15 stitches, and the doctors were able to reconstruct my left ear. Oh, but back to our main adventure. No more waxing nostalgic. As Dakota mentioned, we set up the shower curtains in the yard, said goodbye to Bradley, and wished him the best. Now, I should tell you that plenty of paparazzi hang around Bradley's house. That's what happens when you're the 14th sexiest man alive for three years running. And boy, they were snapping pictures like crazy of all this. Partially, I'm sure, because Bradley was donning his new pooping kilt. I'm sure Bradley could see flashes and hear them murmuring. As a side note, I might be searchable in Getty Images soon. Despite the presence of photographers, he bravely stayed in his shower curtain hut and tried to make. Unfortunately, because of the kale and olive diet, there was somewhat more of um, a clamor inside the tent than one would expect. A lot of colorful noises. Uh, brown's color. Not the fun kind like at a birthday party, but the kind that make you take a few steps back and think, Wow, did that come from a human being? Several members of the paparazzi began giggling at poor Bradley. Dakota and I went to the fence with a broom to get them to stop taking pictures of private property. But the damage was done. A couple of minutes later, a helicopter passed suspiciously low to the ground just above where Bradley was. After that, Bradley squatted in silence for another 15 minutes before coming inside, pouty-faced. I hate to see him like that. It just broke my heart. Didn't it break yours, Dakota? Huh? Oh, yeah. Broken. Completely. I shook his hand, uh, figuratively for obvious reasons, and told him better luck next time. But he just smiled sadly and told me to adjust the meter back down to level orange. Half an hour later, while I was taking things off his schedule on the kitchen whiteboard, he ran outside with the crowbar, hollering, making kind of warlike noises I think he might have gotten from Peter Pan. I should have never let him watch that before bed. He ran toward the shower curtain structure and passionately attacked it. 
all the while damning the idea and the effort its execution took. I wish I could damn things like that, but I hate washing my mouth out with soap. Once he'd gotten it all out, figuratively, Bradley asked me to take everything out to the trash. Then he reconsidered and asked me to drive over and get a blowtorch from the studio so we could melt the shower curtains. When the flame reflected in his eyes, I could see a sadness that he'd failed against the toilet industrial complex, like so many of us. At the very least, he seemed gratified watching the pink ruffles burst into flames. He also drove over the remnants with his bike, and we scattered the ashes to the four winds. We really just left them there because there isn't that much wind today. But Bradley said you can't rush the four winds. I wanted to keep the ruffled shower curtain, but Bradley said he didn't want any reminders of this failed dream in any of our homes. Let us take a moment to lament how, if the paparazzi could have not been so abrasive, they could have refrained from giggling. They didn't even have to leave. Nay, their presence could have been helpful. Bradley could have started a new trend amongst his viewers, and subsequently, the rest of America. He could have, by example, saved lives, whales, kittens, and simultaneously taken down both the toilet and fertilizer industries. His dream, the dream of this morning, was destroyed by the media, which Bradley sort of works for. But nonetheless, family, trusted friends, I give you a man's shattered dream. That was a little dramatic. I know. I'm not done yet. I'm going to be uplifting now. Bradley Cameron Lind is the king of persistence. How do you think he became 14th sexiest man alive? He's an idea man. He has a lot of ideas. His ideas are sometimes good. Some of them are a little shaky, but that's how he developed all that persistence. And I can't wait to see what he comes up with next. On another note, Dakota tells me that Bradley, who has never been one for golf, just successfully rented the entire Beverly Hills Country Club golf course for this afternoon. He's been calling them non-stop for three days. And he and the entire staff of the fearsome morning hour are going to roll down those hills. Until next time, family. The Fearsome Morning Podcast was brought to you by my parents' basement, a great place to record, except when there's shouting. Joe was voiced by Thomas Joseph, and Dakota West was voiced by Dakota East. This podcast was written by Sam Barbro and Andrew Triska. If you'd like to learn more about podcasts, visit your local library, or fearsomemorning.com if you're a librarian, or already know about libraries. <laughs>